Brother Ben here. Brother Ben. Now, Ben got a heck of a program. A lot of people listening to Brother Ben. And Ben tells them about the minister. And Ben tells them about the minister. All right, family. We are on part number three of this week's series of Rising Above Emotions into the Thinking of God. We have been reading uh, rising above emotions into the thinking of God. Study guide number 18. Do anybody know what we left off yesterday? Was it where we, was it where? Because I'm on page. I don't know. Are we on approach to subject matter? I think that's where we're at, where it says approach to subject matter. Is that right? All right. Do we have any readers? Do we have any readers this morning who would like to who would like to help us read? <laughs> well, I'll start off reading, but um we can have some help. Okay, let's start off. Like, we're gonna start off with Brother Wesley then. Let's get it. Go ahead, Brother West, if you can read that, read that section right there. Assalamualaikum family. Can you hear me okay? Uh you coming in a little low. I done heard you uh louder before. How about now? Yeah, that's perfect right there. There we go. Bring it a little bit closer. All right. Approach the subject matter. In the study of emotion and its impact on our responses to the express will of Allah God, let us begin with the following verse from Surah chapter 3, verse 6 of the Holy Quran. He it is who has revealed the book to thee. Some of his verses are decisive. They are of, they are, excuse me, they are the basis of the book and others are allegorical. Then those in whose heart is perversity follow the part of it which is allegorical, seeking to mislead and seeking to give it their own interpretation. And none knows his interpretation save Allah and those firmly rooted in knowledge. They say, we believe in it. It is all from our Lord and none amid, excuse me, and none mind except men of understanding. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that he would not give two cents for the combined work of all of the scholars and what they have written as their interpretation of the verses of the Holy Quran. That is a powerful statement. In the above cited verse, Allah God tells those seeking to give the book their own interpretation that none knows except him. So even if they claim to be scholars, Allah God has already overruled their scholarship. In these words, None knows its interpretation except Allah. Those firmly rooted in knowledge are the believers who submit to it because it is all from Allah. What they understand is that they do not fully comprehend Allah's book in totality. They await the one whom Allah will teach the interpretation of the book to directly. That one is the Messiah, the Mahdi, the Christ. The one is the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Fear not, Daniel, for, for, excuse me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thy apart to understand and to humble thyself before that, before thy God, thy words were heard. And I am, I, excuse me, and I am come for thy words sake, Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. 
and lean not upon thine own understanding in all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct thy paths proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 the first step toward growing into the mind of god is to desire to do his will then we must learn to obey his commands allah god tests and tries his servant excuse me yeah, put this on do not disturb sorry Allah God tests and tries his servant to see how well we he will obey commands that he does not understand. He gradually brings the servant into understanding of what he has obeyed, but only after obedience. Through the suffering that accompanies obeying Allah God comes understanding and serving, excuse me, through the, the suffering that accompanies obeying Allah God comes understanding and the servant gradually grows into the thinking of Allah God. Though he were a son yet learned he, obe he obedience by he learned, excuse me, though he were a son yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Hebrews chapter five, verse eight, Allah God may try a servant with a certain command. Since a servant of God is always desirous of doing his will, Giving such a person a command can only be a trial if that person believes that the command is against what he or she has been taught is right, fair, just, or in keeping with our understanding of revelation. Through the command of the express will of God, the servant's level of understanding up to that point in, in time causes an emotional reaction that could result in disobedience if it is not put in check. In this manner, Allah God helps us climb above emotion, using our own desire to obey him for sustenance during the steep climb. For this cause also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Colossians chapter 1 verse 9. In order to obey Allah God's commands, we must overcome our emotional reaction to his, his, excuse me, to his commands. At the root of the emotional reaction is frustration over something we personally desire, think, or believe. He challenges us where we are most comfortable with the command calculated to disturb our comfort. Thus, he says in the Holy Quran, none comes, before, excuse me, none comes between a man and his heart except Allah. When he says in Isaiah chapter 55, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. His ways are higher than our ways as the heavens are higher than the earth. He is speaking on many levels of mind. The original man is from Allah's thinking, which is above, while the made man is made from the testicles, made in the lower region of the original man. Allah God produced himself not from testicles, but from his own thinking. Then he formed what we call the testicle that will might that, excuse me, that there might be the physical reproduction of the form. It is from the lower portion or weaker germ of the original black man that the devil was made manifest. To get into the thinking of God, we must rise above our present level of thought, which emanates from beneath. There is a gulf between the thinking of man and God and the ways of man and God. 
The process by which we cross that gulf is called resurrection. The way to think like Allah God is to be exposed to his thinking. In our lessons, we are given the actual facts as a beginner and as a start in thinking mathematically rather than emotionally. Jesus said, I and my father are one. How was he able to become one with his father? Jesus was born of a woman and came through the vicissitudes of life. In time, through obedience, he became the interpreter of God's will. You cannot serve as the interpreter of the will of God unless you know God and what he thinks and what gave rise to his thoughts. And we cannot get up into the mind of Allah God except by his permission. When we are able to see beyond the effect of the cause that produced the effect, then our decisions are no longer emotional. They are made with precision. Hold on, Brother Wesley. Yes, sir. It's starting to seem like we read this yesterday. We did read it yesterday, Brother Ben. Good God okay. Almighty. <laughs> what did we stop at yesterday? So we have portraits of emotional reaction? Yes, sir. Is that, is yep, that, that's is what it's portraits. Down? Oh my goodness! One fifty-three. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Yeah, I start to say, man, that sounds real familiar. In the very beginning of the Bible, that's what we sh should be starting off at. Okay. Well, maybe we need a reminder. I guess. <laughs> Everybody said yes when I asked. <laughs> okay. Uh. Well, let. Well, since he read that, I'll go ahead and read this part. Uh. Yes, since he read that, thank you, brother Wesley. That was for everybody who missed yesterday. Okay. All right. Portraits of emotional reaction. Oh, no. I see somebody said they want to read. Uh, I see Brother uh, brother Barefeezy. Go ahead. We are, we, are on, uh, we are on portraits of emotional reaction. Yes, sir. Can y'all hear me okay? Yep. Yes, sir. In the very beginning of the Bible, in the book of Genesis, we get a portrait of emotional reaction, intense feeling in response to someone or something, and the destructive power of emotion when it is unchecked. Whenever emotion overpowers reason, it covers reason and replaces it with a new rationale. The new rationale then leads us to disobey or, I mean, disobey a command of God. Pride is an emotion. It is an in intense feeling of self-importance and superiority, an inordinate opinion of one's own merit. God, give, God gave both Adam and Eve clear instructions not to eat of the tree in the midst of the garden. The serpent, a uh, subtle suggestion in the mind, led them both into disobedience by appealing to the feeling of pride. For God knows that when you eat the fruit, your eyes shall be opened and you shall be as God's knowing good and evil. Genesis 3, 5. Satan's suggestions incited pride. The feeling that Adam and Eve were entitled to something that God was actually attempting to keep them from having out of fear that it would threaten his position. Adam and Eve did not envy God, nor did they feel hatred or jealousy toward him, but they had an intense feeling of pride, which overpowered reason 
So they place themselves directly in opposition to the will of God. The consequence was the fall of Adam. Pride goeth before destruction and haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 16, 18. Most of us are familiar with the story of Adam's sons, Cain and Abel. We know that God accepted an offering from Abel and rejected an offering from Cain and that Cain killed Abel over God's selection. How many of us ever asked, why did God accept the offering of Abel and reject the offering of Cain? Have we ever considered the effect of God's choice on both men and on the future? Have, have we ever stopped to reflect on whether God cared how they felt? Is it possible that he had a purpose that was not perceived by either Cain or Abel at the time? The Bible describes Abel as a keeper of sheep and Cain as a tiller of the ground. And in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. In making a comparison of the actual effort each man put into his offering, there is much to reflect upon. Remember, we are trying to walk in Cain's shoes to feel what he felt when his offering was not accepted. We must look into Cain's efforts in order to know something of the level of his expectation. The word till means to labor as by plowing. Labor means to work to the point of exhaustion. Cain worked the field to produce his offering. His time and pride were tied up in the work. In his mind, the rejection of his offering was tantamount to a rejection of him. Abel sacrificed a sheep. In reality, Abel had nothing yes, to sir. do. Abel sacrificed a sheep. In reality, Abel had nothing to do with the creation, development, and growth of the sheep. Allah God was responsible for the process of which I mean of the process was Allah God was responsible for the process by which the sheep came into existence, as well as for producing the grass the sheep took its nourishment from. Abel offered that which grazed on the grass and his offer was accepted. Mm. In understanding Cain's feeling, we must ask ourselves how we feel about something we work diligently to produce and what our reaction is when that, when what we produce is turned down. His ego was crushed, the rejection of his offering, and in applying the rejection, to himself, he then began to sense a feeling of being lesser. Now there is remorse over this apparent lowering of self. God is abasing him in his mind and rejecting his offering. At this point, what would have saved Cain from being overpowered by his emotional re uh, reaction 
would have been to question God in the right spirit. Did you reject me and reject? Did you reject me in rejecting my offering? And if so, why? The emotion of pride connected to his work and suffering clouded his ability to get into the mind of God. The first mistake that God would have been able to correct was Cain's misperception that God was rejecting him. He took it personally, and in doing so, his emotions clouded his ability to get into the mind of God. He made himself and his offering the sinner rather than what God wanted as the sinner. Once his ego was deflated, Cain began feeling a dislike for God. Unable to act effectively against God himself, he focused his feeling of dislike on the person he believed God had chosen over him. The nature of the sheep is humbleness. What God rejected in Cain was his pride over his work that gave him the exaggerated feeling of worth. It is only the humble at heart that will be able to obey God. God will ask you to do things against the pride of yourself. Allah, God, accepted the sheep above the corn because he knew that at the time, Far into the distant future, the only offering he would accept from us would be our lives as a offering. I mean, as a sign of his servant who would come to give his life as a ransom. Allah, God, accepted the life of the sheep. Say my prayer, my sacrifice, my life and my death are all for Allah, the Lord of all worlds. The, the Lord of the worlds. Many in the last days would offer money, substance from the ground. But Allah does not ask us to give money alone. Our charity is but a symbol of our willingness to give him our lives. He asks us for the very essence of our being, the will. That is why in the last days, the only religion that will be accepted is Islam. The complete surrender of our will to his will. His acceptance of the sheep was a symbol of his lost sheep, a people among them, a lamb who would be willing to give his life for the salvation of the whole. We cannot buy our way into the kingdom of God. This is not the sale of indulgences. We cannot even work our way into the kingdom of God. If we are not willing to offer him the essence of our being, our charity, our service, our acts of kindness could be turned down unless we surrender our will to his will. That is the best of all sacrifices. Ooh, God. Amazing. Boy, that was some deep stuff there. Come on, man. Yes, raise sir. them hands. Y'all let me know what y'all think. Well, Brother, Brother Fees, you already get you already unmuted. What did you think? You read it first. What you get out of that? Uh, first, I appreciate that mistake because I missed yesterday. So I appreciate uh, that little reading because it was already deep um, when Brother Wesley was reading that that y'all read yesterday. So I was like, man. But it really made me think about myself. Um, honestly, um being a uh being a provider of a household and, and sometimes you just don't feel 
like you 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 getting your just due for for doing what you're doing and and you feel like hey, i'm not I'm, am i not doing enough and you start kind of getting big-headed i'm i'm doing this and i'm doing that it just made me think about myself it, it's this some it's some good it's some good teachings i appreciate y'all praise be to a lot brother brother wesley Brother Wesley. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sitting here talking. I ain't forgot I put off you. Uh, assalamu alaikum family. Uh, I like what the brother brought out as well, just about I, I too um, used to struggle and still do sometimes struggle about you that first layer that, that Captain Dennis talked about being that provider. Um, and you think I'm providing all of these things. I'm, I'm you know, the lights on and, you know, you got food on the table and things like that. But what stuck out to me to add on to that was how in the uh, second paragraph on page 12, it says the nature of the sheep is humbleness. So, and, and also how Cain took it personal when it, it was really a lesson being taught. And, and what I've been learning just in my process as well, um, coming into the nation is that we need to obey first. And if we have a question about how something is told to us or how things are presented to us that we may, it may not sit right with us. We need to obey first and then we can ask afterwards what was the nature of what we were what was being asked of us or why was it brought to us that way? Because sometimes when we're told things or given a command, we may not have the time to get the full explanation right now. But if we get into that ego, which ties to study guide number 20, where we want to become selfless as being a characteristic of a redeemer, how we want to make sure that that ego is in check because the ego is wherever the self is. So we want to make sure that we remain humble, remain obedient, and if we have questions, don't be afraid to ask questions, but we need to obey first. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum Brother Emmanuel. Yes, sir. Brother Ben, how you doing, brother? Doing blacktastic. Oh, uh, yeah, man. This 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 uh teacher right here is pivotal for me because uh, I didn't been on both sides of the of the fence. I've been a provider and I've lost everything. Uh, and I'll say this little, little, little piece. The greatest test of a man is, is that woman and providing for that woman. And society today has flipped the, the, we're going through a pulse here. So it's flipped the, 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 the frequency of the man and woman relationship to now what a woman is the provider. And through, uh, Listening to these teachings and coming on in the morning and all I hear right now is Brother Shakur saying, study your lessons, study your lessons. And the greatest test, I believe, in my humble opinion, for our people and our women is what will they do when they have everything to provide for themselves and the man is left with nothing but Allah God? How will they treat that man? How will they... How will they use those resources? Will they get the big head like Yaku? Or will they submit they will to Allah? That's all I got. Man. Man, this is so deep, man. The, the, the part, <clears throat> the part that stu stuck out for me is when he says his time, sweat, and pride were tied up in his work. Right? In his mind, the rejection of his offering was tantamount to a rejection of him 
I don't, I'm, I'm going to use content clues, but I'm going to say probably the word can be like synonymous to a rejection of him. So if we get so tied up because we now emotionally collect, connected. We have sweat equity in it. If somebody rejects what we have been working on or working for, we're tying that basically to, oh, you rejecting me. But no, they're not rejecting you per se, right? For example, you know, you may work real hard and you pay those bills like you were saying, and your wife may not value it like that. She may say, man, I ain't, you know, money, money ain't, you know, money is not such and such and so. You know, money, I mean, I, I mean, that's cool, but that ain't, you know, that ain't. Some women say that. They're not, they may not be necessarily rejecting us as the man. Uh, it's just that maybe the money per se is not as a, attractive or a, an attractive power to them. So it's just like, I, I think about projects. Think about a project that you was on. Think about a video that you was doing. Uh, now that I think about it, some people <clears throat> may have experienced this on social media. Something that you work real hard for, that video that you say, ooh, this mother finna go viral. That mother get two likes. Then you start to think, is it me? Is it me that they not liking? Am I not good enough? Is it, is it you know, just how I'm speaking? No, maybe just that particular video was bad. Not that mean you bad. So, man, that's deep, man. Uh, the pride, the pride of being caught up in what we're doing that if it's rejected by others, we, we, we feel that they are also rejecting us as human beings. And it doesn't mean that we don't have value. It doesn't mean that we still not gods, children of the most high God. It just means that right now what you created or what you've been making or whatever the case may be isn't accepted at that time. So, man, that's that's deep. So let's go over to uh, Sister Yolanda. I, too, wanted to touch on the nature of the sheep is humbleness. What God rejected in Cain is his pride over his work that gave him the exaggerated feeling of worth. It brings to my mind, that's one thing I wanted to go over as Brother Wesley touched on it as well. Even how about when you don't even know that you're doing the work and you get rewarded in whatever shape, form, or fashion and someone else, as I experienced for myself, someone else feels like that they were deserving of it. I had no idea. This was coming to me and it humbled me. So I felt the rejection from the other individual. And I was like, whoa, we've been knowing each other for all my life. What happened? Like, I didn't ask for any of this. Okay, it's here. And as I study and I am so thankful for these teachings assisting me, aiding me at being humble in this situation and allowing the individual to be what they been, acting how they acting, still keeping them in prayer and just thinking about like, dang, what is the hurt? What happened? I did, as you gave us this assignment when we first started um, this power call, and I did, and this is my sister, I did reach out to her. I have tried to connect with her. And 
mending this? How can we come back to a calm and peaceful ground where there has been no response back? So I'm still prayerful in this, staying humble so that we can, because family is all I have. I mean, I don't want to create a family. Sometimes we do create family, but just in this, I feel like she and I are in a Cain and Abel stage. And I'm like, okay, don't be mad at me. But then the other point I wanted to um, comment on was the charity part. Our charity is but a symbol of our willingness to give him our lives. He asked us for the very essence of our being, the will. So even when we are... Uh, you know, as instructions we have to give to our number two poor, our obligatory, and our local. Charity doesn't always have to be monetary. And in your good deeds and you providing the charity, I question myself, should one have ego in doing good deeds? So I try not to allow that ego to come and whether I can financially provide my charity or just charity to my community, I want to strive to put my mind in the mind of a lot of gods. And it's not all me, because if he didn't provide it for me, I wouldn't have it to provide for anyone else. So it doesn't even belong to me. Let me live within my means so that I can have for myself. But where's my charity? How do I give my charity? That's what I'm Lakeland. Lake Salam. Let's go to Sister Donna. Hi, Salam Alaikum. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. I'm sorry, I'm driving. I didn't know if you could hear me. Um, what stood out to me was also the portion of a rejection of the work isn't a rejection of you. And it put me in the mind of something that Brother Minister Jabril, may Allah be pleased with him, said, how we handle disappointment can cause us to become eblis if we don't see God's hand in it. Um, and as the Quran says, eblis it because you cause me to remain disappointed. So if I stay in that place and look at it as a personal rejection, I can become disappointed and blow up some stuff, you know, really destroy things. So for me, this really hit home personally as I've been trying to understand certain things that I have been faced with that looked like a rejection until I moved up into a more non-emotional approach and realized it's not me. That's an issue that you have. And it doesn't matter whether you see my value or not. I have to know my value and know that the rejection of the work isn't a rejection of me. So this was a beautiful reminder, and I thank you for going over this today. Yes, ma'am. Um... Here's another thing that stood out for me, and that is that um, it reads, at this point, what would have saved Cain, and if, we, if we're striving to take the principles of this, what would have saved us all in our situations that we've been in similarly, it says, um, from Good morning. Being, from being over. Is um, there a way of seeing when? Okay. Assalamu alaikum, sister. Please do not come off mute. 
All right, so we have, at this point, what would have saved Cain from being overpowered by his emotional reaction would have been to question God in the right spirit. Did you reject me in rejecting my offering? And if so, why? This can literally save arguments, misunderstanding, some disagreements, some gossip, some slander, because you don't even know why this person said this. You don't even, you haven't even cared to even ask, is that what you meant? Now you telling somebody else, well, this is what they said, or this is what, you haven't even asked a question why. So look at how his ego could have even been protected. Pride could have been protected by just asking, hey, God, man, let me holler at you. Come on, man. And when you rejected my, when you, was that anything according, you know, to me? And then watch this. And if so, why? Because you don't just want to get an answer, yes or no. Yes. No. If you really want understanding, then you want to know. And then if so, tell me why. So I can understand from your perspective what you thinking, what you go. You see what I'm saying? Many of us don't even care to even go that far. And if we went that far, we would actually save ourselves from our own hurt, from our own self-talk that we have in our head about, man, am I, why am I not good enough? Man, I should, was, is it because of my parents? Is it because of how I look? And here you is self-talking, just negative, making up stories, creating stories in your head that's really not even real, all because you didn't want to ask, was you, what, what, what's, what do you mean by this? So that's important, family. We should do that with our wives. We should do that with our husbands. We don't, do, we don't be doing that. I, let me just speak for me. Sometimes I don't do that. Maybe a lot of times. I don't do that. Hey, man, what did you, what did you mean by this? And, and if this is what you mean, can you explain why? So I can get an understanding. Now I'm mad. You mad. You ain't speaking. I ain't speaking. And we really, at the end of the day, probably don't even know what the root cause is. Don't even know what you truly meant. You don't know what I truly meant. You took my, and then look, what comes up? Because our mind believes a certain thing is, co is coming as an attack. All of them scientific words we read yesterday, they start to activate. Now it's trying to protect you. Now that rage is coming up. Your temperature is getting hot. Oh, I done learned all that yesterday. Temperature getting hot. You, you fired up. Face getting red, all because we really just misinterpreting the intentions and what each other is saying. Whew. Brother Wesley, let's go over to Brother Wesley. Assalamualaikum. Uh, real, real quick, um, and, and you brought up, and that's how things be so in sync when you be start talking. But um, what, what stood out for me as well is because I've done that as well. You know, we think about thinking five times before we speak and me even when we do that thought and that like you said that negative self-talk can, can come up as well where you'll begin to make that assumption and we know what assuming i'm not gonna get into it right now but we don't want to get into assuming that we understand the context of what is going on i've been in that situation where you may ask for for things and especially when you assisting individuals and you're like okay i haven't received what i asked for and you'll just get up in your own corner and feel like okay i guess they don't need me no more i guess i'm not um useful enough for this 
But in all actuality, you have to continue to follow up. You have to continue to ask questions, get that understanding. Because in all actuality, everyone is busy. Everyone has things going on. And if we don't go seek that context, we don't seek that, that understanding, we'll end up destroying that relationship. Just kind of dovetailing on what you're saying as well. We'll destroy that relationship with ourselves and that self-talk and belief in ourselves. And then also the value that we have in other people as well. Mm. Mm. Now watch this now, y'all. Now watch this. This is the cold piece right here. Now, once he was rejected because he misperceived what God was actually rejecting, which was not him, he started to have a dislike for God. Ooh, man, look at that. Oh, see, there's, see, that's another reason. Another reason. Now he's starting to have a dislike for God. Now let's think about this, because I know all y'all, I ain't gonna never have no dislike for God. Uh-uh, not me. So I knew you, that ain't gonna make no sense. But how many of you, you start to have a dislike for your husband? Huh? You start to have a dislike for, for your wife because they have rejected some or didn't, didn't respond the way that you wanted them to respond. Now you thinking that they don't like you. No, it's not that they don't like you no more. And because you think they rejecting you, well, shoot, let me, I'm finna start disliking you then. And it starts small. Man, I, man, I need to get on my nerve. Then over time, every time you're taking it the wrong way, you're thinking that he or she is rejecting you. You think it's personal towards you. You start to say, well, I'm, I, there's the dislike starting to take place. And then here we go. All these misunderstandings because none of these conversations said, hey, were you rejecting me when you didn't like them strawberries that I got you? No, girl, but you, I just didn't like that chocolate kind. It ain't had nothing to do with you. See what I'm saying? But there's some small start creating a gap. But this is the killer part. Watch this. He started to have a dislike for God, and he was unable to effectively do anything against God like many of us. Oh, look at this. That 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 turned into envy for his brother. So he started to envy and have that dislike towards the person who he say God is choosing. Y'all know how it is. Let's just bring it. I like to bring it down so that we can understand it. It's like when your your husband or your wife or they liking they they that they done they done got with somebody else. Oh, you not liking me no more. You got with him. Now you mad at him. He ain't did nothing to you. You should be mad at her. Yeah, he only true. They didn't. You should be. Now, yeah, maybe he she messed up if he knew, but you need to be mad at her. You need to be mad at him. So now I'm killing them all. Oh, I'm 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 slaying everybody. If if if, he, if she ain't with me, if he ain't with me, ain't nobody gonna be with him. Look, now we got that. Now we got that dissatisfied. We we putting dynamite in the ground now. Now that I'm dissatisfied, I want everybody to speak the same dialect. Oh, if I'm not getting my way, I'm blowing us all up. But check it out. Your brother and your sister, they didn't do nothing to you. And what you're really mad at is that God has blessed them. But really, if you stop looking at them and looking what God has blessed you with, you will be so tied up and wrapped up into being grateful for what God has given you. You ain't even got time and headspace to be envious of your brother. So when we envious of other people, what we find is that 
because we all know that it was the God that gave them that gift. God that is blessing them. You, you saying you upset with them, but really you upset with God who permitted it, who you really mad at in certain situations, right? I think sister Yasina said this a couple of days ago in certain situations that you in. Yeah. You saying you, you pointing at the avatar, but who you really mad at is the God who permitted it. Who you really mad at as well is the God who may have, it may have been his active will. Ooh, then that get dangerous now because you can't you can't wrestle with the God now. You're going to lose that one every time. So let's go over to Sister Sacred. Peace, family. Um, from the reading and from what um, statements I'm hearing, the understanding that I'm starting to get, when we started with uh, Adam and Eve in the garden and um, they wanted to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, um, it's almost like they wanted to be God and God told them no, but they wanted to do their own thing and be like him. And then when we come to the part about Cain and Abel, when Cain was working the field hard, um, day, night, um, his sweat putting in, it seemed like he wasn't depending on God to grow his field. But when you look at Abel, Abel hardly had to do anything. He was um, dependent on God for his fruits, uh, the grass that grew, the uh, sheep. Um, he didn't have to do anything hardly at all because he knew God would provide for him, which God did. And um, so when it came time to give their offerings, Abel gave his offering because it came through God. But Cain he did it on his own. He didn't depend on God. God wants us to depend on him. Therefore, if we don't, we can be producing a lot. But if we are thinking in our minds, oh, I can do this myself. I'm out here by myself. I'm doing it on my own. I don't need nobody. I don't need God. Then God will let you do it by yourself. But don't bring it to him because you didn't get what you have through God. You got it on your own and then you'll suffer the consequences on your own just like parents you know children when they become rebellious you know we raise them a certain way and then they feel they get to an age where they feel that they can go out there and do it on their own and they don't want to listen to their parents anymore or their teachings and so sometimes you have to get that what we call tough love and they learn the hard way um just slow your roll Listen to God, do things through God, depend on God. He'll provide for you. So that's the understanding that I got. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, Sister Rihanna. It's not like a, <clears throat> this, towards the end of the last paragraph, it says, if you're not willing to offer him the essence of our being, our charity, our service, our acts of kindness, can be turned down unless we surrender our will to his will. And yesterday, <clears throat> I made an Instagram post like, sometimes we have to do things that we don't want to do. Um, and when we work out of fear, can we really say that we are doing his will? Because they say what your, your, your gift will make room for you. But if you're scared of your gift, how are you really surrendering yourself to his will? Right. He's trying to show you what you can do 
But when you're acting out of fear, you're kind of like blocking him. <clears throat> and it's okay to work towards your strengths. Like I need someone, I asked a couple of people, like I need someone to make a website for me. That's not my forte. <laughs> like the stuff that I know comes easy, comes well, I'll do that part. And then I'll ask for help for the rest of it. Um, because your room will make it for you. So, and of course it's easier said than done. But even the woman, I don't know her name, but she was saving the money for something that she didn't even know yet. But she was still working towards it, pre preparation, so that when she gets there, she'll be ready. Um, and not allowing fear to get in the way, because that's what it makes me think about. Lisa Nichols, thank you. Uh, that's what it makes me think about. How can we really submit our will if we're moving out of fear? Because that's pretty much telling him. That even though he gave us something, we are, we aren't worthy of it. X Y Z. So, thank you. <laughs> yes, ma'am, brother Daniel six X. Yes, sir. Um, quite a bit stood out. What I was really looking at is how strong perception is, wherein Adam and Eve would have such strong perception of self and pride where they would begin to taint the motives of God himself, which reminds me of what we study in study guide. I think it's 10 or 11 that Allah is the true center of everything. And the minister goes into how that God force in us wants to be the center of attention. That's natural, but we have to learn that we are not the center. The author of the God Force is the center. So that's that's a work that we learn in the study guides. Um, when one perceives perception is so strong, where we paint others with a broad brush, that's what we do. We think that others are what we actually have in our mind, which is why it's very important to take on Allah's coloring and shape our perception based on his. Otherwise, we are constantly misperceived reality, and we are constantly be making snap judgments based on how we see. And at best, how we see is extremely limited and off. Um, I also think about the minister saying that humility is a characteristic that one must have to make it. He said humility must be one uh, a characteristic that even supersedes knowledge. Because without humility, we are misused the knowledge that we have. So um, it's, it's, it's so much in this, but I, I just see how the study guys are put in such theological order that it allows us to study and get control of this wobble, this brown germ in our nature that manifested 66 trillion years ago with, as it was mentioned, the God of the moon and Iblis, where he was prideful. And wouldn't submit when Allah commanded him to because he thought he was better than that which was created of dust. It's so much involved in rising above emotions and getting the internal wobble in check. And um, the only way we can do it is by what we're doing right now is studying the divine wisdom where we can begin to check our own Satan. Yes, sir. Brother, I'm sorry. Next, I see, I see Sister Yasmin. Assalamu alaikum, family. Alaikum salam. 
uh, what stood out to me is that we serve a most merciful God. And if Cain only knew that if he would have just rose above his emotions into the thinking of a God, Allah would have given him another chance for to till his land again the next day. I think about my five prayers. If I get up in the morning, I make one prayer. But if I miss the other four and I go to bed and wake up again, then that's Allah giving me mercy for me to tell my lane within me again. So that's what stood out to me. Only if we knew that the most merciful, the all-knowing God that we serve will give us another chance to get it right. So I just think, I thank you, Brother Ben X, for these power calls. And I just thank Allah for being in his mercy. Assalamu alaikum, family. Salam. Are you from New Orleans, Sister Yasmin? Yes, sir. I heard that God in there. I, I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> Brother King Cam. Yes, sir. Assalamu alaikum. I uh, want to share uh, what Sister Randisha wanted to share. She's not able to speak or come out the mic. Um, so she said that pride is an emotion. It is an intense feeling of self-importance and superiority and inordinate opinion of oneself that came from the study guide. She said there are 153 verses in the Bible that deal with pride. J. Cole stated in his song that pride is the devil. Think he got a hold on me. Pride is the devil. It left so many R.I.P. Pride is the devil. Think he got a hold on me. Pride is the devil. Yeah, uh terrified paranoid i'll put you over everything to fill the void and when you're gone will i have anything or will i be destroyed um islam is not a punctified teaching say my prayer not one not no one else's my sacrifice when i'm sacrificing my life who is my life for and what am i doing with my life and my death what are we dying for are all for Allah, the Lord of the worlds. So, um, Sister Randisha wanted us to look at ourselves when we say that prayer and talk about, you know, what are we sacrificing? What is our life? Who is our life for? And what are we doing with the time that Allah has given us? And my death, what are we dying for? So that was uh, what Sister Randisha wanted to share. Uh, and then myself, I wanted to highlight the, the lessons because, Brother Ben, you was getting into that envy. And I wanted to just go into uh, question number three, when it says, why did we let half original man Columbus discover the poor part of the planet Earth? And the answer is because the original man is the God and the owner of the Earth and knows every square inch of it and has chosen for himself the best part. He did not care about the poor part. So what happens to us? Us, when we get so prideful and we think that it's all about us, that we now can no longer settle on the best part of our brothers and sisters when a situation may occur and we may be denied our through something that we had worked so hard for. And we now, like Abel, I mean, like Cain, take that denial and put it on ourselves, apply it to ourselves and think that we have been rejected personally. So we now no longer can settle on the best part of our brothers and sisters because 
Now we have become self-absorbed as Adam and Eve became self-absorbed and allowed the Satan to tap into the pride. We can no longer now settle on the best part of our brothers and sisters that allow us to remain humble and that allow us to receive from Allah the gift that he wants to give us. So assalamu alaikum. Salam. Man, that pride is the devil brought up a point that I, that we read in the beginning that we, well, first let's define pride. Let's look at pride, right? So pride, as I'm looking at this here says a high or inordinate opinion of one's own dignity, importance, merit, or superiority. So let's look up what inordinate means. So we, I gotta, gotta know what that means now unusual or disproportionately excessive okay there we go so this is what pride actually means excessive all right so now the minister is teaching us right here say we talking about we're going back to the garden with adam and eve he says satan's suggestion incited pride So in the Quran, it says, seek refuge from the evil suggestions, right? Evil suggestions. So Satan is smooth with it. He may always say, you know, say it outright, but through a, through a suggestion. Oh, nigga, you, you, nigga, you need to be on the stage. Nigga, ain't, all these followers you got, nigga, why they ain't bringing you up on the stage? I mean, I think you would kill it. I mean... You bringing in way more people. See what you what you trying to what you trying to suggest. See now what you inciting in one is pride. Oh man, you you might be right about that, nigga. I, yeah, I need to be opening up. I need to be in the name of Allah. No, brother, sit down somewhere. Allah chooses whom He pleases. So this is important, man, because if we're not careful. It's teaching us that Satan, and watch this. Satan, don't, don't get it twisted now. Satan ain't always got to be some white man that you're looking for. Oh, I ain't even got no white friend, Brother Ben. I'm, I'm free and clear from that. Brother, When in the scripture, was, was it? did Jesus not say, get thee, get thee behind me, Satan? Who was he talking to? Who did, who did he say that to? Peter? Get thee, get thee behind me, Satan. Now he rolling, Peter rolling with him. But he said something. He said, hold on now. What, what? Get thee behind me, Satan. So Satan can come from your brother, your sister, your husband, your wife, if we not careful. And then it says, the feeling that Adam and Eve were entitled to something that God was actually trying to keep them from. Now, here you is. Now, watch this now. Here we is. This is the God. The supreme being. If they were able to allow Satan to trick them and incite pride against God. Oh, man, you don't think somebody can creep in and get you and get us to incite, get, get our pride incited against our own brother, against our own sister. Come on, man, this enemy is wise, man. 
That's why the phrase is simply, man, all praise is due to Allah. I know what it looked like for somebody to love you one day and hate you the next. And don't even, don't even know why the hell they hate you the next day. Because of what somebody else done said and it ain't even right. So we shouldn't even get caught up into the praise and get drunk with praise because we dealing with a fickle people. One day they rocking with you, the next day they don't. Whatever looks good, whatever's trendy. So we got to be careful. Seek refuge in a lot and just be mindful because it can slip in, especially, especially when we hot, especially when we upset. Be very mindful when we are upset what people say back. Don't keep going around those people who's, who you know going to sympathize with you and say whatever you do is right. Those are the people you need to watch, man. You got to get around people who going to say, yeah, I know you mad, bro. But no, nah, you shouldn't have done it like that, though. I'm, I can't. I can't. No, nah, I'm not. I'm not co-signing that. Those are the real, your real brothers and sisters, because when we mad, we just read the other day. I, a brother said, brother, when when emotion rises, logic falls. But when logic rises, your emotions fall. So when we are in the in the emotional state, when we ain't when we at anger, man, certain things that people saying, you probably would have interpreted a different way if you wasn't mad. But when they saying it, why you dissatisfied? Yeah, you right about that. Yeah, I never thought about that. You sure right. So be mindful who you gossiping to, and slandering to, and and, and sharing your dissatisfaction to, because if they too dissatisfied. Here come the here come yeah, I mean the unobliged Muhammad said his best followers is in the streets anyway, brother. Shit, I ain't got, uh-oh. Now hold on now. Is that what the, did the honorable Muhammad mean leave the mosque when he said his best followers in the streets? What did Brother Jabril say that meant? It ain't meaning what's what I be reading people say on Facebook. Oh, I done seen people justify. Well, you know, he said his best followers is in the streets anyway, brother. I ain't finna be shaving no beard and all that. He said the best is in the street. Brother, that do not mean to leave and just because you out of the miles that you the best. If that was the case, the minister would have left. See what I'm saying? So we let dissatisfaction and then somebody else is dissatisfied. And now you have what? Became a host. Like we talked about the other day. So let's go over uh, to Sister Sacred. I'm sorry if my hand was up. No, I didn't have another question. I mean, uh, another response. Sorry. Okay. Any, anybody else has something? We can we can continue reading. I think we'd maybe. Okay, but uh, Sister Jamie. Jamie X. Let me not say sister. I don't know if that's a brother or sister. I don't know. Let, uh, let's go with Jamie. Jamie X got the hand raised. It says can't go off. Can't come off. Hmm. I just asked you to unmute. Try now. Salam alaikum. I'm a sister, sir. Walaikum salam. Um, what came to my mind is the rising above emotion into the thinking of God. Not to say that we are not going to have emotions because if I'm from my understanding and the teachings, it deals with the first God and his dissatisfaction. And within his dissatisfaction, he created the second self, which is woman. 
So not to say that in, in, in instead of getting emotional and aborting the process and none of us would have been here if that would have happened, he said, okay, how do I tackle this dissatisfaction? Well, I'm going to create a second self. And so in tackling his dissatisfaction, he created something that can produce for him and recreate over and over again. So in the, as you state, rising above the emotion and bringing in the logic, the emotional self um, dissipated and the logical reasoning self higher itself and created the second self. And then the second self continued to create. So I think it's the way we, it's okay to get emotional, but not stay in that state, but to look at why am I emotional and how can I at this moment um, tackle my emotions and then logically fix my emotions. Thank you, sir. Salam alaikum. Alaikum salam. Ooh, boy, this is some good dialogue. Boy, this is some good dialogue here. For those who are tuning in on social media, if you would like to come on the Zoom and actually dialogue with us, just go to www.thepowercall.net and it's, that's the Zoom link. You got to have the Zoom app and the passcode is power. So www.thepowercall.net and the passcode is power. Uh, do we have a, a, our next reader? Who's our next reader? We are on the exorcism of man. We are on the exorcism of man. Do we have any? Do we have a reader? Sister Yolanda, you want you you want uh, you uh, want to read? Yes, sir. Okay, go ahead. Oh, the ex. Uh, yeah, go go ahead. You got it. The exorcism of man. There is another, perhaps even more profound dimension to the portrait of Cain and his emotional reaction to God's expressed will. The emotional reaction that stared within him was complex. Disappointment, frustration, anger, envy, and eventually he grew to hate his brother. From the depths of his being, the turbulence and of hatred produced the thought of murder. In the book of Psalms, David speaks of a sea monster that dwells in the depths of the ocean. It is called Leviathan, and it is a frightening thing. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad explained to me that this sea monster is actually a reference to the devil's submarines. He said that we can bring the submarines up out of the water by using the force of wind in a circular motion. This powerful motion forces the submarine up on its end. Once forced up, the waters part and the power of the wind causes the water to slam, slam against it crushing it to pieces there are monsters in the bottom of our consciousness wow god brings this thing god brings these things up with winds trials that he sends to stir up the waters of emotion these monsters rest beneath the surface of our being unseen and undetected in our daily interactions cain and abel were from the same womb on the surface, they looked alike. 
but they were not the same beneath. The Holy Quran says that Allah brings us forth from the womb, and one of you is a believer, the other a disbeliever. To force that which is hidden beneath to come forth, Allah creates a test that will stir the emotions and dislodge and bring up that hidden monster. Do men think that they will be left alone on saying, we believe and will not be tried? And indeed, we tried some before them. So Allah will certainly know those who are true and he will know those know the liars. Or do they work evil, think that they will escape us? Evil is it that they judge. Whoever hopes to meet with Allah, the term of Allah is then surely coming. And he is the hearing, the knowing. Holy Quran, Surah 29, Ayats 2 through 5. Through questioning Allah God in the right spirit, we may be saved. In the story of Cain, there is failure. The story of Job, there is success. Job is the mist, Job in the midst of extreme duress still did not curse his God. Rather, he questioned him. In questioning Allah, God, we are able to rise above the emotion reaction, emotional reaction to our stress to think as he thinks. Allah is not obligated to present trials one at a time, nor is he required to allow some minimal time lapse between them so that we can recover. He may confront us with many trials together, or one particularly long, grievous, and painful trial. At the peak of our trial, he may create circumstances that will cause us to be, or at least feel, completely deserted or abandoned. In the experience of abandonment by friends, family, even fellow believers, there is a sense of hopelessness. Nothing to be thankful for. The emotion usually associated with this condition is depression. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted in me? My tears have been my need day and night while they continually say unto me, Where is your God? Thou doest hide thy face, and I was troubled. Psalms 42, chapter 11, verse 3, Psalms 30, chapter 7. What was the you, situation came... Where, where did you get that from, the, the three part? I only see Psalms 42 and 11. Um, I have the actual book, The Study Guide. Oh, okay. In study so guide 10 through 18, volume 2, official edition. Got it, okay. The situation came, the situation can become almost unbearable. Fearful, fearfulness and trembling are come upon me, and honor has overwhelmed me. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That was, uh, that, so, was ho- that was horror, and horror has overwhelmed me. 
Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me, and horror has overwhelmed me. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Psalms 55, chapter 5, and then I have also Psalms 22, chapter 1. When he speaks the exact words spoken by Jesus in the New Testament, as Jesus is undergoing torture and death, David is describing his own living experience. Yet David is described as having a heart after God's heart. But he was not only a prototype of Christ and God's love for him. He was also a prototype in his suffering. He was a prophet and a king, yet he suffered. Perhaps the most oft-repeated psalm of David is the 23rd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is our shepherd, but this does not mean that for reasons we may not perceive on our level, he will not withdraw his presence and diminish the help he offers, he, he affords. He will chastise the believer and he will put the believer through severe trials. Walk a moment in the shoes of Job who lost everything he had. When Job, in the midst of his suffering, called on Allah, God, for a reason for his overwhelming losses, the scripture says, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. Hmm. Job chapter 38, verse 1. This means he responded right out of the core of Job's swirling emotions and confusion. And when he answered Job, it was not with specific explanation. It was with declaration of his power and glory. This increased Job's humility and dependence. And in the end, he was once again blessed. Yes, ma'am. Anybody have anything they would like to share on that? Uh, I see somebody in the comment section. If you just simply text nation to 833-276-7174, it'll also put you on the list where it will actually respond with the Zoom link and passcode as well. So again, if you text just the word nation to 833-276-7174. Let's go to Brother Wesley. Assalamu alaikum. Um, what stood out to me on page 14, that first paragraph, it states, at the peak of our trial, he may create circumstances that will cause us to be or at least feel completely deserted or abandoned. Um, and and in, experience, in the experience of abandonment by friends, family, even fellow believers, there's a sense of hopelessness, nothing to be thankful for. And, and I have went through that uh, maybe a few months ago as I was making my transition uh, from corporate America. You make a decision that amongst people who are like, what are you doing? You know, and you've planned it. You you went to God, you went to Allah and you've asked for assistance in making a decision. But then when you look around and everyone that you're familiar with or that you have love for uh, questioning you on your decision. You become hopeless. You begin to second uh, second guess yourself, second guess your decision, second guess your mission um, or what your purpose or behind what you were doing. And that's where it really puts you in a place where you have no choice but to rely on a lot and rely on why did you even go down this road? Um, and then also when you when you do make changes in your life and you you do 
change the actions that you have where it causes those who you were associating with you realize that they were only associating with you based off what you could provide or the wrongdoing that you were doing you feel as if okay well i've been friends with you for 20 30 years and now all of a sudden you realize that you really weren't my friend you were just more of a benefactor of me and it makes you feel like well, what was I doing? What kind of decisions were I making? I, am I making bad decisions and choosing friends or choosing associates? And then, like I said, it just puts you back in a position. So it just helps me remember that a lot can, can create circumstances for you where you may feel like you're deserted. But in all actuality, he's returning you back to him and understanding that you should be relying on him only and not on the flesh of your so-called friends or associates and family. Yes, sir. Uh, text nation to eight three three two seven six seven one seven four. All right, let's go to Sister Jamie. Salamu alaikum. I think you're picking me. I don't know. There's another Jamie in the group today. So, you. uh, greetings, everyone. Uh, yeah. I'm like living this and, and I, Allah had me to bear witness that it is not just a trial for me, but a trial for others. And the question that was constantly asked was, where is your family? And at a certain point, even that got to be depressing or frustrating because it's like, if they were behind me, I wouldn't be here. You know, um, we thank Allah for taken us through this because we are able to bear witness to sister Hagger, and that's how we even acquainted ourselves is like we're not with a child or rejected in that sense but our king man died we lost our home our land we lost everything and see there's still emotion because that was emotion uh shared there with that However, we're we're just moving through. Allah had us go all the way up to Detroit. Okay, we in Detroit. The Detroit wasn't it. Uh, then we went down to Atlanta. Atlanta wasn't it. And then we're here in the Crescent City now. And it's like, it's still, you know, the people change. They say one thing with their mouths, with their hearts go in a different direction. And Allah just have us standing in steed and bearing witness and, and realizing, again, this is not just our trial because how can we say who we are if we haven't been tried how can we say we're charitable and we're not helping our brother in my case the widow you know um some tried to judge or or make judgment without really having knowledge like unto job all those people who knew him through the years and knew he was steady and constant in what he did under Allah or God, as it were, in the Bible. And yet and still they came with these judgments that, like, where did that come from? You've been knowing me all these years. You know I'm not wicked or cruel or unkind to people. I just suffered a major loss. And uh, it's, a, it's a test. Allah showed me he removed the hedge from around me and showed me the rest of the world. Because as long as I was on that land, I didn't have to go anywhere. I didn't have to get out into the world and see what was going on in the world. And now we're out here. We see it. We, we see the energy, the spirits, the, the changing voices, and we still remain faithful to Allah. We still do our prayers. We didn't stop doing that, you know, even along the road of traveling in the ways in which we have traveled, we, we still remain faithful to Allah through this and, and are just waiting to get through the trial 
he said, be patient. And that's another thing that we're learning through this is patience um, and just for. All right. That was your time. Um, uh, the time is also being put inside the comment section. Just a, just a reminder to everybody. Uh, brother, brother Daniel six X, but thank you. Yes, sir. Uh, powerful testimony, great sister. You know what stood out to me was when the minister said that um, the the servants of Allah can go through such trial where they become depressed. Depression is considered it's it's a mental illness. It reminds me of the minister when he said that after the Million Man March, he got depressed. So he had to go and be quiet. It's interesting how depression can come on to one because that is a, a obvious great success. But the servant of God was such instrument where it depressed him. And he had to go get quiet and see what the next move was. Um, mental illness is a great stigma in our community. So do many of us have it but we don't like to admit it. I remember when I was going through a divorce of 25 years because my ex-wife became unevenly yoked or basically turned to too much hypocrisy. Um, I went into a depression. I was able to get up and go to work, so I wasn't clinically depressed, defined by this world, but I was depressed because you don't be in something for 23, 24 years and just jump up and jump ship. But once I learned it was the will of God, I had to work with that natural depression that came on. And actually, it was 30 God 18 that helped me with the embarrassment of depression. As a man, you don't want to be walking around talking about you having mental imbalances because of nothing. It goes against the nature of our being. But when I read that in study God 18, it gave me the strength. To realize, you know, it's okay. If the service of God can be depressed, you you can do it too. So it helped. It helped me to to move on. And at first I had to admit it, which was very hard. It was very difficult to admit such. I remember one day I was sitting in a, a doctor's office with my son, and now they, they ask you a thousand questions. They ask you if you depressed, if you if you want to do this and do that. And I'm sitting up there like, no. I'm like, I'm not admitting to nobody that I'm going through depression, but I realized that I was lying and I was creating a situation when I wasn't being real with my own state of being. So I had to get into a place where I began to walk atonement and acknowledge the wrong, confess the wrong and all of those type of things. So it, it was a difficult piece, but um, the study guides and what we've been given is a, a prescription to overcome whatever it is that we are suffering where we can come out. And one thing I realized in that trial was I needed to exercise faith. My faith had to surpass my knowledge because knowledge was, was good. It was the principal thing. But even in that, it wasn't enough to give me the confidence in God and in itself. I needed so I had to exercise faith because I just needed to know that on the other end of this great trial, I would be okay. So faith and humility All right. Thank you for that. Let's go to Brother Barafizi. Yes, sir. Uh, peace, family. The uh, what pointed what uh, stood out to me was right at the beginning. Um, 
when it says on surface, uh, Cain and Abel were were from the same wall. On the surface, they looked alike, but they were not the same belief. And the Holy Quran says that Allah brings us forth from the womb. One of you is a believer, a believer, and the other is a disbeliever. And it, and that to me sounds like you know those twins are those twins are in in us individually, and um, and you know it's a part of us that's righteous and it's a part of us that's not. And you know you got to con control that, and uh, and and you was talking on where where the devils can come from. They can be our brother. You know, a lot of us look out and see a Caucasian man, or they can come from your friend, but they can also come from within yourself. Uh, you know, I mean, if you don't, if you don't guide yourself right and uh, and be righteous, so that that stood out, and that was deep. Um. And uh, it was a, a great lesson that I've heard before, but I've, you know, I mean, I, but I, I just, just to see that and the, and to know that the Holy Quran says that that was, that was a good, that was a good teacher for me. I uh, appreciate this, these lessons. Uh, peace. Praise be to Allah. Sister Khadijah. Assalamu alaikum. Um, I, the part that got me, there's two parts on here. Um, it says, it says to force that which is hidden beneath to come forth. Allah creates a test that will stir the emotions and dislodge and bring up that hidden monster. And I think <laughs> I'm laughing because I think this happens on a daily. It's like when those trials come and the issues, they come up. Oftentimes we want to look at the outside and we want to look at the other people and be like, oh, they're this and they're that. But then it's like, no, no, no. There's something that was brought to the surface that triggered within me that I need to address. So if this is an anger, if this is an emotion, like where is that coming from? Because before that, it talks about those monsters that are hidden beneath the surface, right, of the of the conscious mind. So just being aware that it's a natural thing that comes up. But when that thing comes up, it's yours. It's not someone else's. And another thing is I went through a trial this week and I, I walked away from some major, huge deals in pertinence to money. But it was like, do I tell the truth in this moment? and face the consequence or do I just hold on? And what I realized, and I told myself, I was like, truth is always worth telling. And I'm not going to stand down from any form of leadership just because, um, just because it may cause a certain consequence. No, just because these other men are too, um, they just want to be there for the ride. They just want to be there for the money, the cars, the clothes, the jewels, the whatever that comes with it. But for me, it's like, no, this is a true test of character. You know, I want to be surrounded by people that have that morals, those ethics, those standards. And if I can't hold my leadership accountable, that's the kind of leadership I don't necessarily want to be under. And that was a, a choice that was made. And of course, I faced the consequences. But it's like there's a peace inside of knowing, you know what? I realized when that brought up to the surface, it's like, you know what? That's my character. 
I don't mind standing up. I don't mind telling the truth. And I definitely don't mind getting fired either for it. So I think we all have to see like, what is that thing within ourselves that's brought up to the surface and identify it and know that that's your submarine. That's not someone else's. So that's all I have to say. Thank you so much. Assalamu alaikum. Walaikum salam. Brother Wesley. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, Sister Khadija, you know, you, she brought up something real beautiful that like, I, I too had to do that. I had to walk away from a, a decent salary um, as well for myself because no one else was standing on truth. And when you see people who've been in a job for 10, 15, 20 years participating in disrespect, participating in having leadership degrade them or not lead them in a proper way, Someone has to stand up and stand on truth, regardless of what that consequence is. And, and I, I looked at myself and I said, well, if no one else going to do it, I need to do it. Because where I was working at, there were a lot of sisters that was working there. And if, that, if, if a leader is talking to me in a certain way, I can only imagine how he could have been speaking to these sisters. And I was like, at some point, we need to say something. At some point, we need to do something. So when I made that, brought it to the attention and was going up to upper management and talking about it, they're like, we, we, we're glad you're sharing this information. But then also, that's when they also want to come back and try to fish you in a little bit more and try to pour more on you to kind of quiet you down the way it may seem as well. So I, I appreciate this, Khadija, bringing that and how I'm seeing in my life that once I made that decision to stand on that, I'm receiving even more blessings in my life because I was willing to not participate in falsehood, not participate in disrespect and continue to watch disrespect and not say nothing as well. So it's just so important, just like you said, that that's a that's a trial that we're going through. And then as the other sister previously said, that it's also a shared trial because you don't know how Allah is using you as well to inspire and encourage other people to stand up for themselves, encourage other people to speak on wrongdoing that's happening as well, regardless of what the effect is. It may not change the whole system, but you can be helping your brothers and sisters who are in that system to understand where they need to go or what they need to do to be able to help themselves. Assalamualaikum. Walaikum salam. All right, all right, all right. I don't see anybody else. Uh, Brother Wesley, I know you said you want to redeem yourself. So do you want to read uh, the story of Hagar session section? Yes, sir, I can do that. All right. Let me pull back up here. All right. Story of Hagar. Let me pull my screen back. All right. The story of Hagar. One of the greatest scriptural displays of patience and humility during times of trial and suffering is in the story of Hagar, the mother of Ishmael by Abraham. I will lift up, up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Psalm chapter 121. The Safa and uh, apologize if I mispronouncing that and the Marwa are truly among the signs of Allah. So whoever makes a pilgrimage to the house or pays a visit to it, there is a, there is no blame on him if he goes round them. And whoever does good spontaneously, surely Allah is bountiful and rewarding, knowing. Holy Quran, chapter 2, or sort of 2, ayat 158. On, excuse me, of the more than 1 billion Muslims on earth, many millions have made Umrah and or Hajj in Mecca. In this ritual, each pilgrim, male and female, must follow the path of Hagar and run between the two hills named in the above verse. Why must we as Muslims follow the path of Hagar? 
what lesson is in her life that Allah God desires to ingrain into the life of every Muslim? Hagar was the handmaiden of Abraham's wife, Sarah. A maiden is defined as a young, unmarried female, usually a virgin. It is a term relating to, to or befitting a girl. Here we have the opportunity to look into the domestic life of a man who Muslims, Christians, and Jews honor as a great prophet whom the Quran refers to as a model of virtue. In this instance, Abraham was a man in his 80s, an elderly man by today's standards, going into his wife's handmaiden, Hagar, who is by definition hardly more than a child. The act which produced Ishmael took place at Sarah's request. She herself, an elderly woman, having been unable to bear children up to that time. When Hagar became pregnant with Ishmael, Sarah caused Abraham to put the woman and her baby out of the house. Put yourself in Sarah's shoes. Was there an emotional reaction to the fact that while she would, would excuse me, while she had been unable to give a child to the man she loved and had been with her so long, this young girl has succeeded where she had failed? Did her emotions overpower her reason to the point she lost sight of the fact that the child had been conceived at her behest? Banished from the house of her child's father, Hagar found herself in the wilderness without food or shelter. At though, I guess that's supposed to be, although these essentials were in the house of Abraham, the baby's father, apparently none would be forthcoming for Hagar or the child. She ran to and fro in quest of water between the two hills, Safa and Marwa, until she was exhausted. Finally, she decided to give up the effort and die. She bent to lay the baby down on the ground when there at his foot a well suddenly sprang up. This was the place now known as Zim this is Zamzam. Water flows from it today, 5,000 years later. What is the lesson in this? Every servant of Allah God has at some point, excuse me, at some time been expelled from home or put out from the protection of family, clan, or tribe, running from persecution with no one to rely upon except him. If in the distress of the moment we are overpowered by our emotions, we may react improperly and lose a great reward. Hagar did not suc succumb to the common emotion of bitterness because by deprivation, she did not curse Abraham or Sarah. She looked to her God. She looked to the hills and from whence her help came, the Lord. Every Muslim is made to walk after this young woman, Hagar, who was an outcast for bearing a child that would become a prophet of Allah God. Some of the wives of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, when they became pregnant, left the city and went running into the wilderness. Some accepted the death of banishment, disgrace, and evil talk so that the messenger of Allah could be covered and we, in our infancy, could be covered because we had not the proper foundation to bear the truth. Pain and deprivation are severe trials. Distress may be so intense that the sufferer is too distracted to be able to concentrate unable to pray except in a very emotional way. The Holy Quran says that when we are in distress, we are sincere in prayer and lengthy in supplication. If we can keep the presence of mind and summon up the, ne the necessary strength to seek the solution to the problem from Allah God, then we may be upheld until we reach understanding. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee 
and through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon these. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2. To each that overcomes the emotion of bitterness because of pain and deprivation, there is a great reward. Faith, the essential quality. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a reward, that he is a rewarded of them that diligently seek him. The Bible and the Holy Quran tells us that our faith will be tried and tested. Tell, excuse me, they also tell us that Allah God will not allow us to be tried beyond our ability to endure, though it is difficult to remember this in the, th in the, th in the throes of the trial. There is a there, excuse me, there is no temptation, temptation before you, but such as is common to all men. But God is faithful and will not suffer you to the to be tempted above what you are able. But he will, with the temptation, also make a way that you may be able to bear it. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. The Holy Quran states that no soul will have imposed on it a duty beyond its scope. However, Allah God may test us right up to the limit of our ability to endure. Faith is necessary to endure the trial long enough to rise above our emotional reactions that we may obtain understanding through knowing Allah's God's view of the situation. The word suffer means to experience pain in soul or body. The word translated affliction in the New Testament means pressure. To suffer affliction is to suffer pressure or to be pressed down, Peter refers to heaviness through many trials. If we just attempt to obey Allah God, we undergo suffering or being brought low through the pressure and weight that is placed upon us. Jeremiah has lowered in, Jeremiah was lowered into a pit. The word tribulation means straightness or distress. Tribulations and afflictions bring suffering to their wake. The Holy Quran states that we will surely be tried with deprivation loss of life and property. When a man or woman is spiritually sensitive and any servant of Allah God is, then he or she can experience acute suffering through temptations, relationships, and attachments to persons who are not interested in God's will, anxiety, debt, and the oppression of men. Unlike the disbeliever, the sincere believer does not find any real relief in worldly pursuits. Though he or she may enjoy lawful re recreation, these offer no permanent solution to the peculiar problems of the believer. Excuse me. The believer takes pleasure from living according to the law of Allah God and fears deviation from it. So when Allah God issues a command that is contrary to his own divine law, according to the believer's understanding of it, there is a trial for the believer. Mary and Joseph. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was in this way. When, as his mother, Mary, was espoused to, espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought of, on these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared upon, unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David. Fear not to take 
unto thee, Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 20. Joseph loved Mary since they were children. However, her father would not permit her to marry him. Out of respect for the law that prohibits intimate relations outside of marriage, Joseph suppressed his love for Mary and took another for a wife. He had six children by the women, by the women he married, and it appeared that he had succeeded in completely suppressing his desire for Mary. But there came a time when Mary called to him for assistance and he responded. In the three days they were together, Jesus was conceived. In the context of their understanding of the law of Moses, which governed the society, Joseph, Mary, and Mary's father all suffered the emotion of fear and great distress. Joseph was absolutely certain in his mind that he had offended the law and that he and Mary would suffer a terrible price. What Joseph did not know was that there was a superior law working. That superior law conformed to a law God's plan to make a sign that would not be fulfilled until 2,000 years later. Meanwhile, relief from fear came to Joseph only when an old prophetess informed him that the child Mary was carrying was to be the, lost prop, the last prophet to the Jews. Joseph then informed Mary's father of what he was told by a servant functioning from a higher law. The religious legalists of the day were unaware of this and they functioned according to their understanding. Thus, Mary's pregnancy could not be spoken of publicly. It was a secret to be kept that authorities would not kill the baby and his parents. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes. Luke chapter 2 verse 8. Jesus is referred to as her firstborn because Joseph already had children. Joseph did not have the mind of an adulterer. He was not a lustful man. Mary called him to assist her during a dust storm, an act of God. Allah God having ordained the birth of Jesus, there were no existing circumstances that could prevent it. Even the fact that the child's father was married to another woman. She said, how can I have a son and no mortal has yet touched me, nor have I been unchaste? He said, so it would be. Thy Lord says, it is easy for me and that we may and that we may make him a sign to men and a mercy from us. And it is a matter decreed. Then she conceived him and withdrew him to a remote place. She suffered a pain of labor as any flesh and blood woman delivering a flesh and blood child must suffer. And the thrust of childbirth drove her to the trunk of a palm tree. She said, Oh, would that I have died before this? Would that I had died before this and had been a thing quite forgotten? So a voice came to her from beneath her. Grieve not. Surely thy Lord has provided a stream beneath thee and shake towards thee the trunk of the palm tree. It will drop on the fr on the fresh ripe dates. Holy Quran, uh, so 19, ayat 23. Like Hagar, Mary depended upon her Lord for relief. Consider the series of emotions that Joseph, Mary, and Mary's father went through over the conception and birth of Jesus. Also consider the emotion reaction of the family, not seeing beyond their embarrassment and shame to acts. Why did Allah God permit this to happen to this chaste young girl. Then she came to her people with him, carrying him. They said, O Mary, 
thou hast indeed brought a strange thing. O sister of Aaron, thy father was not a wicked man, nor was thy mother an unchaste woman. How did Mary feel? Knowing she was not an unrighteous person while being treated as though she was. There is no record of Joseph and Mary ever living together as husband and wife. The actual existence of a family unit was not necessary to effectuate God's will, which was to produce a particular child. To do so, he needed the seed of David and Joseph carried that needed the seed of David and Joseph carried that seed. He was of the lineage of David. Once he provided the life germ, he had performed his service for Allah God insofar as this child was concerned. Relationships. Is you want me to keep going, brother? You want me to keep going, brother Ben? All right, I'll stop at relationships. Um, all right. Anybody would like to uh, comment so far? Raise your hand if you would like to comment. Sister Yolanda? I saw Lakeham. Just in reading the last part in the communication about Mary and Joseph and how Mary conceived, it brings me into the mindset of the um, Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan in his, when he explains how his mother conceived him, except they don't try in Mary and Joseph, they don't try to abort the fetus. They carry out the will of God. And then the minister his mother made attempts to um, abort the fetus, but nevertheless, I just asked myself the question, did she know that she was fulfilling some part of scripture similar to what Mary and Joseph did because she delivered to us in the nation of Islam the Jesus in our midst. So that stood out to me and he just, the minister just kept Coming to my mind. Assalamualaikum. Waalaikum salam. Thank you. Sister Brianna. Yes, I actually have a question. Something that's been on my mind for like a week or two now. Do you think it is imperative for people to understand that the Bible is tampered with? Because I speak to people all the time and they're like, no, the Bible's not tampered with. And I'm like, what? Like, but it's like, is that do they have to believe that it's tampered with to get the full message or they can still get the message believing that it's not tampered with? Thank you, Sister Brianna. If anybody wants to answer in there, they can do so. Um, Brother Daniel 6X. Yes, sir. Uh, to our sister's comment about Mother Samaya, Father God, she was actually given an experience that led her to keep the Messiah. So I don't remember exactly what the experience was, but she did have an experience, what we would call a dream, where she was instructed to leave that alone. 
Um, as far as what our sister said, it is necessary. That's why on the back page of the final call, it stated that we believe in the truths of the Bible, but we believe it's been tampered with. So this is what the Muslims believe. So it, it is important that our people come to the understanding that by Allah's permissive and active will, from what Brother Jabril teaches, a lot of that was allowed to be distorted. So, yes, it's, it's necessary that they uh, come in, that we come into that understanding. Also, what stood out to me in this great family is the principle of having to make sacrifice based on divine law, because there are many things that we might hang on into our lives that Allah really wants to be gotten rid of, even though it may be perceived as right, necessary. And it's those type of decisions that bring great pain or consternation because we are letting go something that we think we have to hold on to, but by divine law, meaning Master Father Muhammad is saying, no, I need you to let this go. And that that's, that's a process. Assalamualaikum. Thank you, Brother Daniel. Uh, Sister Jamie X. Assalamu alaikum, brother. Um, what stood out to me, because one of Hagar's story um, is one of my favorites um, story in the Bible. And what stood out to me was both Hagar and Mary, both in their time of pain and need, both had a stream of water to flow from their feet. Um, just in my understanding and interpretation of it, streams of water is life. Is it gives you life. So it, it it makes me wonder what type of pain and what type of circumstances that Allah need us to go through to truly just humble ourselves and and have that total dependency upon Him to give us that life water to give to renew our soul to give us that refreshment. What is it? What type of pain must He send us through? What type of great? Um, and when I look at the water, also, I look at the transformation of water and the, and the different stages that water must go through just to come back down into purity, if, even through the distillation, which is a thing that I'm dealing with now in my own life, uh, going through a distillation. What, what, type of, what type of heat circumstances Allah has to put us through in order to change our mind? Re reform us into a different person into a different soul so i want to say that none of us can get out of that this thing called pain brother jabril um may, may allah be forever pleased with him gave us the book to read uh pain the gift that nobody wants and um he said that pain is something that we have to face yeah, I mean, he did a a, a, a a a thing on it and i'll probably share the link in the in the t in the, in the what's gonna call it chat he did uh, about how um, when we are transforming into God, he said it's like the process of giving birth, like a woman gives birth to a baby. And every woman that has given birth to a child on this line knows that that ain't no punk process that we go through. So in order to get one with Allah, we have to literally go through a continual birth process and, and that's not something that's easy. So in order to just submit our will, then we, we don't want pain, then we don't want God. As-salamu alaykum. Well, Sister, real quick before Dr., uh, Brother Wesley continues, is it by Dr. Paul Brand and Philip Yancey? The pain. book Pain That Nobody Wants? Yeah. One second, sir. 
That is correct, sir. All right. I just put it in the chat for everybody. All praise due to Allah. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, let's go to Sister Brianna. Thank you. I forgot to add that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad has a book called The True Religion of Jesus. Um, because I think that one of the things that keeps our people in Spookville, if you will, our family, is that in the Bible it says that Mary's never been touched, which we know can't be possible. <laughs> um, but that book is a real small book. Did you mean to say? So much, did you mean to say the true his, Did you mean to say the true history of Jesus? True history. So yes, I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I, I definitely said religion. Yes, the true history of Jesus by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. <laughs> Thank you. Um. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> yes, man, brother Daniel. No, sir, brother, sister Mytasia. Oh, I'm sorry, sister Mytasia. Oh, or Matasha, ain't it? You there? She said next time in the comments. Oh, amazing. Okay. That's amazing. Can you hear me? Yep, we can hear you. We can hear you. Okay. Um, But I was just thinking about the name. The, can you hear me? Okay. I was thinking about the name of the lecture, of course, Rising Above Emotions, and so thinking like God. So as you guys were talking about Mary and of course, everybody think, oh, she's a liar. She's this, she's that. You know, she made, she made the same. Like, I don't imagine just her emotions and how upset or angry that she was. Just know that she's doing everything right by God, yet everybody sees her in this light. So that's something that I do kind of struggle with, kind of hit home, just listen to him talk about how people thought things of Mary, but she was like really walking in her truth and her light. Um, you know, that's a big emotion to overcome, like knowing that you're doing everything right, yet people see you in such a negative light. So that was kind of what I got. It kind of hit me a little personally. It's like a lot of times I do get angry or upset based off how people are seeing me, but I know what I'm doing this for that makes sense. Praise be to Allah. All right, family, that is our time. I thank you all for tuning in to day three of the Power Call. Come on, man. This thing is growing with this teaching. Man, these study guys find us up like this here. Uh, we're going to be on tomorrow at 8 a.m. Central Time. If you would like to be my guest this Friday, go to www.noistudygroup.com. www.noistudygroup.com. Come on and go to your local Muhammad Mosque and or study group. If you're tuned in on any other stream, join us every Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Central Time by going to www.thepowercall.net. And the passcode when you open up the Zoom will be power. Inshallah, we will see you guys tomorrow morning for another part of Rising Above Emotions into the Thinking of God. Brother Ben here. Brother Ben. Now Ben got a heck of a program. A lot of people listening to Brother Ben. 
And Ben tells them about the minister. And Ben tells them about the minister.